A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I want to talk about Raw. That's what I want to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like we ran out of time again to record the podcast. <laughs> No, I know. I think we should probably just dive straight into this old episode. It's because right it here. was so exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. Totally not yeah. because we ran out of time. Yeah, it's you know it's money in the bank this weekend. We're very very excited. We totally remembered it was happening. So yeah, we are going to talk about Raw here. We've got two big topics to talk about. One of which is did WWE botch the return of AJ Styles? Because Oliver Davis certainly has some thoughts on that. And poor old Ricochet. Here is the show. talking about AJ Styles coming back at the end of a gauntlet match and winning it, meaning he qualifies for Money in the Bank. It sounds like he's become his last tormentor, The Undertaker, but specifically how the gauntlet match unfolded and how they actually made AJ Styles return as a babyface. About five minutes before he returned as a a really heelish heel, yeah, in the match, it's that doesn't make any sense, does it? That doesn't make any sense. Like I've I've missed, I've I watched the wrong thing. I accidentally a feed cut in. How could that happen? But trust me, WWE found out a way to do it. So here's what happened. I was going to say, no, no, you run us through. Tell us what happened. So Apollo Crews was kayfabe injured last week in the Andrade match, meaning his spot was taken out of Money in the Bank. Raw ran a gauntlet match, which began with Bobby Lashley uh, running through Titus O'Neil, obligatory reminder that Titus O'Neil kissed his son on lips, Akira Tozawa and Shelton Benjamin in very quick fashion. Um, And then Bobby beat up Umberto Carrillo too much. 
So they had to disqualify Bobby, you know, that really rubbish cop-out WWE finish. Uh, then it was Angel Garza versus Umberto Carrillo. I thought this was pretty good stuff. Love Garza. Carrillo is what he is these days. But Carrillo snuck out a victory. It was a fluke roll-up. It didn't. It felt like a botch, but whatever. And then Austin Theory comes out. He also like has a you know just a basic match with Carrillo. Now in this in this they go to commercial break, but it's not a normal commercial break. It's a bit of what we in the biz call integrated sponsorship. <coughs> where you sort of run something integrated into the fabric of the program itself. Not a separate ad break where you have separate commercials. This was completely designed by your production department and where it fits in the running order. And it was Dairy Queen having a family enjoying some of the Dairy Queen delights. And AJ Styles is on a headset being like, huh, I'm going to surprise these people. Ha ha ha, my hair. And he goes and surprises I'm them. I'm going to the earth is flat. <laughs> Wait till I blow their minds with 5G. <laughs> and he goes out there and he's like, yeah, look, it's me, WWE superstar AJ Styles. Drink it up, family. Enjoy your Dairy Queen. Aren't we all great? And I'm like, okay. Well, I, you know, we already know that AJ Styles is going to make his return on this show, likely in the gauntlet, because that came out over the weekend. Weird placement to do it here. I guess that means he's coming back as a baby face. So it cuts back to Raw. It's still Austin Theory versus Umberto Carrillo. Carrillo gets another fluke roll-up win that does nothing for anyone. AJ Styles, presumably feeling that Carrillo was just about to get a push comes out and just beats him up in the most heelish way possible, wins the match, and then beats him down some more afterwards, and then cuts a heel promo about throwing either Alistair Black or Rey Mysterio off the top of a building, and then implying it'll murder them. So why on earth do you run that Dairy Queen sponsorship spot before AJ comes back with him displaying the complete opposite character, which just says to me as a viewer, you're an idiot. You're an idiot for pretending that this is all real and that you can get invested in it. They're just, they're just actors playing wrestlers. They're not, that all of this doesn't mean anything to you. That was the impression I got. It, it enormously frustrated me. I didn't spot it until you had mentioned it. And I did, and then I thought, yeah, that was a bit of a weird thing to do. But to be honest, I, I thought this gauntlet match was so terrible that it didn't even, like, it didn't register in my mind that that they had effectively brought back AJ Styles and then brought him back again. Because, like, the, the whole AJ thing was meant to be this big surprise. So it, I think if if it were me... I wouldn't have run that sponsorship spot because you'd want to make sure people you haven't mentioned AJ since the Boneyard match. So don't mention him again until he makes a return. Then it's like, oh my God, AJ's back. But as soon as you run that Dairy Queen commercial, you're like, oh yeah, AJ. I haven't seen him in a while. I wonder where he is. Oh, there he is. But he's he's back again now. But yeah, like as I said, the the, the structure of this Gauntlet match was so asinine and just I mean, WWE, they bloody love a gauntlet match. They, they they bloody love them. They'd do them every week if they could. This is one of the worst ones they've ever done because it accomplished nothing and made everyone look pretty bad. 
and like I don't even think AJ got anything out of this. Yeah, so so the, I guess the two things coming out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight entrance into this gauntlet match was for AJ to win. Umberto Carrillo looked like an underdog babyface, and Bobby Lashley looked like a monster. They failed at two of those, which was the vast majority of the match, where Lashley was beating people up, sure, and I love his spear, but he's an idiot at the end of the day because he just, you know, he, he kicked Carrillo in the corner for a bit too long, and then Carrillo, yeah, underdog babyface, he he beat Gaza and Theory, which does nothing for them, by the way, because Theory just feels like a non-entity, really, fudged into a faction. Whereas Gaza, who actually has some charisma and appeal, I I you know he's he just loses week after week after week. What's the point of beating them here besides the fact that you need a baby face to get beaten up by AJ Styles later on? That's probably the real reason Umberto ran the gauntlet for so long. Not that they have any plans for him. So yeah, but that doesn't work either. So it was just, ugh. and it went on for, it did seem to go on forever. But I thought, I mean, I figured it was going to run a while because this was a taped show and a good way to fill up time in a taped show is to do a really long Gordler match. And you know what? WWE have got a great track record of doing amazingly long Gordler matches, like just really getting over people within those matches. But Bobby gains absolutely nothing from being Titus O'Neil. Also, makes Raw look like absolute pants when Titus O'Neil is a possible contender for a Money in the Bank spot. He gets nothing from being Akira Tozawa because everyone beats Akira Tozawa. And gains nothing from beating Shelton Benjamin. Did you see Sean Ross Sapp's tweet about this? Reigning Quizzlemania champion Sean Ross Sapp. No. Shelton Benjamin hasn't won a singles match on Raw since 2006. Oh. He wasn't in the company for quite a while there. I think uh, he's still so. damning. <laughs> damning, yeah. Um, so, like, that's so he gains nothing from beating those three guys. And then when he comes to like beating up Carrillo too much and getting DQ'd, it makes him look like an idiot. And then he starts apologizing to the referee, which makes him look like he can kind of undo all of the badassery that he did by beating Titus Akira and Shelton by then being like, oh, I'm sorry, mate. So I didn't mean to beat him up too much. Please let me have another go, mister. Please let me have another try at this. It didn't work. And then Carrillo's run from this is get your ass kicked by Angel Garza for ages, then get a fluke roll up. Get your ass kicked by Austin Theory for ages and get a quick roll up. Get your ass kicked by AJ Styles for ages and lose. How does that get anyone over? Like that, it did absolutely nothing for him. As we're talking about this, I think the aim definitely wasn't to get Carrillo over. It was to get AJ over. There's, uh, they, there's no, the plans for Carrillo do not extend outside of this match. It was purely beat him down, make him an underdog. People will get invested in him. Didn't happen, but that was the idea, the theory. And then when AJ beats him, oh, AJ, you're so wicked. You cut uh, underdog hero's feet from underneath him. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, as, as a TV show, utterly fails. It's mm -hmm. like I, I would not, I would not expect this of anything that I that I watch seriously. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. I, if I was to watch a, I would even find it annoying if I was what. Actually, what would I? So say I'm watching Killing Eve just because that's what I'm watching right now. And in the commercial break, if BBC had commercial breaks. Sandra O oh did a little bit about oh and you know 
here's me with a Make-A-Wish kid or, 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 or like here's me with BT Broadband. I don't actually think it would jar with me that much. But for whatever reason, the, the whole kayfabe way of presenting wrestling, it really did. Well, yeah, I mean, it's in the terms of wrestling in the kayfabe world, they're never presented as like Sandra Oh in Killing Eve and in sort of, you know, life is presented as an actor playing roles. She is an actor who plays various different roles. Wrestlers aren't presented the same way. They are presented as wrestlers. They are not like it, it's not Alan Jones wrestling against uh i don't know what this shows why this is why i never win at quiz or mania because i don't know if that um, i don't know if umberto career is his real name um so like we don't know if it's really you know it's not that it's presented as aj styles versus umberto carrillo so yeah so then when you kind of break that kayfabe to have like aj styles who is this out and out heel to be like hey guys i'm easton at dairy queen and i'm hanging out with the families this is a great time come on down maybe it's just an american thing that we don't understand maybe this is just more prevalent in the states and it's just something that we don't really experience here no we we, we get it a lot on tv here as well i think it's it's just i yeah i just don't want to see it in a wrestling show or or in the breaks of a wrestling show i want to lose myself in the idea that these wrestlers are the wrestlers i know of course i know they're not but it just it punctures my enjoyment of the show. And it, especially as it, it wasn't even a proper commercial break. It mm. was a integrated into Raw. This was part of Raw telling me that this isn't real. I guess, yeah, maybe that's where it comes down to then. If it was a commercial break, fine, not continuity, cut it out. This was the equivalent of a video package. Yeah, this was, you know, the equivalent of promoting Money in the Bank coming this Sunday because it was a shrink screen. You could still see the Raw match going on next to it. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, right, well, it's now time to do some Patreon shout-outs. So thank you all so much for our $25 and above Patreon pledge hammers. The poll for Wrestle Talk Extra will be going up very, very soon. Today, in fact, I've got to finish it after I've done this uh, live stream where, um, yeah, we've got some doozies in there, a lot of late 90s stuff, but also some of those mid 2000s and oh. some 2010 stuff as well in there. It's quite a broad spectrum, some uh, some extreme rules and stuff in there. So, you know, there's, 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 some, there's some winners in there. Uh, there's no backlash 2000, obviously, because we're never going to get to do that. Uh, but we've got to give a shout out to uh, Mr. Rockwell. Thank you, Mr. Rockwell. Soaring high, resting on weed. Woo! Oh, yes. Um, Liam Midsummer Murders. Thank you very much. The notorious Aliata. Woo! Oh, he's notorious. The long con, Josh Conley. Thank very you very nice. much. Matt Netic Field. Ooh. Very good. I like that one. Oh, I, I, you can do the next one. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the craftsman, Blake Carpenter. Well. Uh, Wonderwall Brian Gallagher Thank you Brian WrestleTalk's personal ring announcer Rodrigo Benitez Very good Ross Hooper Scooper Cooper Thank you Bad connection Thomas Lag Den Thank you Thomas And lastly for this episode Jack Daniels on The Carl Rocks Thank you ever so much, all you wonderful Patreons. We couldn't do a lot of the stuff that we do without you. And thanks also to Bumhead Rob for being hey. in the chats today, as well as Mod Mother Jenna and Garage Art with a V Les. You're Cheers, the best. Should we see what people thought of it before getting into the ricochet burial? Um, we haven't got any comments on that, but we have got some from Raw in general. Darren Battery, Lashley got DQ'd because he pushed the ref, right? Uh, no, because the referee was already uh, admonishing him for beating him up too much in the corner and then said, I'm going to DQ you. And that's when Lashley started to apologise, right? Mm. And then the yeah. referee DQ'd did, like. Also, like refs get pushed around a lot. Like makes that makes the ref look bad. I uh, and yeah, and it's such an inconsistent thing because what where is the line of a wrestler beating up another wrestler? I um sometimes it's a DQ, sometimes they can throw steel steps into heads and it's totally fine. Uh Chocobo Kid, zombie styles better bite someone in WWE die hard. Who should he bite? Oh uh, yeah, because he's now like he's risen from the grave. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know who we should bite because, like, I don't know, like, it's um, Ray, I guess. 
um jobber jj 496 dairy queen and wwe best of both worlds yeah, certainly is. Um, we've also had this from Nate Drop Surname over at Streamyard, uh, Streamlabs rather, who said, "Do you think the risk is worth the reward in the most unique Money in the Bank ladder match in history?" Geez, they really drilled that home. Who gets the Jurassic Park spot where they hide in the kitchen and have someone spear a, a shiny cabinet? Oh, that's a great idea. We were yeah. me, 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 Laurie and Adam were talking about some really good little spots they could do in the in the money in the bank match it's in our predictions later so subscribe enable notifications you'll know first when that goes live like you should also do for parts fun known because no rolls barred our wrestling DD series we had a one shot go live on sunday where it's all of us playing characters in the year 3000 where wrestling matches don't have wrestlers anymore it's giant mechs Oh yeah, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was really really good. The reception to it. it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing that. I got to do a, uh, an accent the entire time as well, so that was a good lark. Uh, and uh, yeah, also download the podcast if you want to just listen to the audio audio only version. Because if you want to <laughs> know more about Rick Thunder, check it out. Uh, and also Quizzlemania Five. Is six. or six six is I stop paying attention when I'm <laughs> when I'm not on it. Is there tomorrow with Steve? Uh, has it been announced yet? It has been announced, yeah. With Steve from Stephen Larson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's gonna be myself and Pete returning again with reigning champion Sean Ross Sapp and special guest star Steve here from Stephen Larson. Uh so yeah, very it's gonna be fun because I haven't done anything with Steve since he uh guested on the Raw Review last year. So I'm looking forward to hanging out with him again. Yeah. Uh please beat Sean Ross Sapp. Shut him up. <laughs> I don't um... like you much. So the um, the actual episode of Raw, which was a Money in the Bank go home episode, opened with MVP doing the same deal he did last week, the VIP lounge, but this time with the lady competitors. Out came Asuka, out came Shayna Baszler. They took the big comfy sofas. Nia Jax came out, looked at them both, and sat on the table between them, the tiny coffee table between the two sofas. It... Uh, 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 what again, again I, i'm on naya's side i'm on naya's side wwe week after week you're making me look like an idiot <laughs> yeah she did not look great in this segment just sat on that tiny little table sort of like squashed between the two sofas it just looked like you're you're a bit awkward at a party, but and you you need you want to sit down, but you don't really know that person over there, so you don't want to sit down next to them, and you, you can't, don't want to sit down next to the other person because you don't know them either. So the only place you can sit down is on the table, and as soon as you sit down on the table, you're like, oh no, why did I do that? Now I look weird because I've just sat down on a table. That's exactly drawing, what happened. <laughs> I'm drawing attention to myself. Uh, yeah, and it, Asuka yelled some stuff in Japanese. She's very charismatic. I thought Shayna came off pretty well as well in her promo. And they both looked like they were going to come to blows, but they both kicked Nia Jax. 
as she was sitting down on this table. And Nia Jax did a comedy role, like a rock stelling the stunner style reaction to this kick and flipped out the ring and then laid there for about two minutes. Yeah. Considering that the three of these people like couldn't even have a match together last week because they were going to tear each other apart. This didn't really feel like the same three people that were there last week. And then MVP was holding back Asuka and Shayna. You can really tell that uh, the Paul Heyman is trying to help out Shayna Baszler with her promos because she did her part of hers in Latin, which is something that Paul Heyman has done previously. Did that during the invasion. Uh, yeah, so th- I-, I thought this segment was, I th- as much as I didn't like the AJ stuff, uh, I thought this was this was rubbish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a rubbish, rubbish segment. And, and really, like... I know we've got uh, Nia gets a lot of criticism. She was made to look terrible here. Like mm-hmm. I don't know why you would do that, but someone you are seemingly protecting and making look strong. Uh, then we had the gauntlet match. We've already been through that. And uh, we're, throughout the night, there was also the top 10 money in the bank moment countdowns. Yes, which, uh, you know, I thought was a, a fun little countdown and ended with uh, a slightly odd edit for the number one position, which was Seth Rollins cashing in, where apparently he pinned Brock Lesnar to uh, to win the title at WrestleMania 31. Yeah, who was Brock having a match against? It looked like <laughs> Brock was just wrestling himself and then yeah. Seth cashed in. Yeah, um, very, very yeah. bizarre. I, I think we'll see a lot of this, though. The Not the Roman Reigns being awkwardly edited off the face of the, the uh, product. Uh, more the top 10 countdowns, very easy, very easy filler content to put around the ad breaks. I've That's done it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it on loads of TV shows. It's like the easiest thing to do. So we got it last week with the Triple H stuff and here as well. Um, on, on the Roman Reigns thing, um, I, I would like to chat about it a bit because, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's the backstage heat speculation, which hasn't, I don't think anyone's actually reported oh yeah, there's backstage heat. It's just, huh, he's being removed off of all the stuff to like, yeah. a, 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 like a huge degree after pulling himself off of WrestleMania, which was a huge deal, obviously. I don't think it's a, I don't think there's ill will towards him. I think it's just WWE panicking and not wanting to even, if they, if they address a little bit of why he isn't there, they have to address the whole Steve Carino situation and it, you know, really exposes them for running a dangerous product. Yeah, I mean, it. it I suppose in a way, I didn't really sort of consider it from that way because I, you know, we, I was chatting with uh, with a couple of you guys from the the websites about this in our Discord channel. You know, we we're like speculating back and forth, and I was like, you know, because they've they've kept his name off TV, and apparently, they're like that, the report was that Vince doesn't want his name mentioned. And I was like, well, you could just do stuff from his home, like, you know, video mm. uh, video calls from his home where you can talk about how he made the decision to to isolate away from people. He wants to protect himself, lean into the recovering from uh, leukemia you know, twice, you know, being a real hero in that sense. And the fact that his wife is pregnant, and you can build that, you know, some sort of character stuff uh, around that and explain why he's not there. Um, but I hadn't really considered it from what you just said then, which is by doing that, you have to use the words that they're not using. And they're not saying there is this pandemic going on and everyone is self-isolating away because then you do essentially ask that question. It's like, well, why are you live then? Because it is like, I mean, I've talked about this on the, the Friday podcast, but 
the amount of friends that have texted me saying like oh my god what are you like what are you doing for work at the moment because surely there's no wrestling on and then i have to text back and be like oh no 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 there's still wrestling and it's live uh, and there's uh, and they're like how does that even work and you're like well the, the florida government and you, you kind of sort of text back and forth but there is i don't think there are a lot of people that are sort of quite uh, they're not aware of the fact that wwe is or an aew wrestling is the only sport that is still running live shows when every other sport has shut down. Yeah, it's bizarre. I, I, had, I had the exact same conversation with my insurance broker, the company <laughs> insurance broker. They were yeah. like, you know, because it's how you start off every light conversation phone call, isn't it? Oh, what, you know, how, how are you finding things at the moment? Is work okay? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It's, <laughs> here's what's happening. And so after that, we got Seth Rollins having a really good sit-down in-ring interview with Charlie Caruso. This was awesome. It was short and sweet, and it just it got over his character. It got over the feud with Drew. It got over the match at Money in the Bank. I thought this was awesome. Really, really liked this. What I really loved is how he reframed the whole feud with Drew. You know, this personal animosity, really. That that is definitely underlying this. It's the, from a character perspective, but he reframed it as no, 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 no. Like I, Drew's perfectly fine, but I need to save him because mm. this is my destiny, and I need to unburden the championship from him. You know, like sort of positioning every dastardly thing he's doing and selfish thing he's doing as helping someone else. That's I, exactly it. Brilliant character work. Excellent. Yeah, and it was then, that line of, I'm not trying to take it from him. I'm trying to invert. Like, yeah, I, I thought that was really smart. I loved it. Seth is, Seth is nailing this character. And he has it has been ever since he turned heel. It's extraordinary work. Um, so, and, and massive props to him because I really didn't like him last year. But now I, I love not liking him in the right way. Uh, after that, we went backstage to Charlie Caruso again. Uh, there was something in between here. She didn't just evaporate uh teleport between positions and it's murphy talking about his match with drew mcintyre in the main event saying how he's loyal to rollins i just love this as well you know he's always standing there in the mm -hmm. sort of disciple pose yeah and saying that one day he'll be on the same level as seth rollins mm. so there was a bit of foreshadowing perhaps and now it's time for ricochet to get buried yeah, so the segment that we did skip over was Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink backstage with MVP, saying, right. telling telling MVP that they're going to get a win tonight. They're going to win. Because last week, MVP revealed himself to be their manager and say, you know, I've got this team. They're going to take you on, Cedric and Ricochet. And they're going to show you that, you know, they're not just whatever. They're, they're Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne. So entwined are, is this unit that MVP did not come out with them for their tag team match. Like, why not? That's exactly what I thought. I was just like, I, you know, if Thorn and Vink have already been beaten quite decisively by Alexander and Ricochet about two weeks ago. Here we get another match, and this time they've got MVP in their corner. And I thought, okay, well, MVP will try and interfere. Either he'll help them win, or he'll kind of use this as a way to recruit Alexander and Ricochet to his faction. And then he wasn't even out there. And no. Thorn and Vink won anyway. Yeah. And it was just like, what are you trying team. to accomplish? 
Yeah. Well, that the, the, what they're trying to accomplish is mm. Brendan Vink's a big guy. The big guy got the win over the smaller guys. Like Shane Thorne wasn't the guy that won this match. Brendan Vink was the man that won this match as the big guy. I thought it was quite exciting. You know, of course it is. It always is going to be when Ricochet's in the ring. Cedric Alexander's excellent. Uh, but they, they did quite a few spots. They kept me guessing what the result was going to be. But I thought the result was going to be Ricochet and Alexander. I think that would have been the... I don't even know if it's the right result. It's just both teams have been booked into nothingness. Yeah, it was not a... I mean, you know, as you say, the matches was fun to a degree, but as soon as... Brendan Vink effectively started no-selling Ricochet and Alexander because he's the big guy. I was like, oh, they're getting the win here. And that's the storyline they're going to be telling, But I, which I don't think, because they've been positioned to a certain level. And that is, you are enhancement talents. So them getting a win over Cedric and Ricochet without some semblance of interference, they just won because they were the better team, really devalues all of this stock you've been putting into Cedric and Ricochet. Like it does nothing for them. And really doesn't do much for Vink and Thorne either, because it's like, at the moment, I mean, this is a more extreme example, but Jinder was a jobber, and then a week later was WWE champion. Like, that that was a big jump. And this was, again, a very big jump, and it's hard to kind of buy into. And it would have made so much more sense if MVP was out there at ringside, coaching them and giving them advice, interfering, and that's how they get the win. Then Ricochet and Cedric don't lose anything then. They lost to a three-man team. They lost to the outside interference. Here, they just lost because they suck. Yeah. I yeah, and 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 it really is indicative of WWE not caring about Ricochet. Right. You know, it's a it's a real shame about Cedric Alexander. He's enormously talented. I I love watching him wrestle, the, the way he wrestles, but Ricochet, he is. Or once, well, twice with with Will, Os- Will Osprey, I guess. But he's legit one of the best high flyers in the world, and you just you're just using him like this. Yeah, and, and 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 to get to be here after nine months, you know, when he's getting that slow rise in the United States title picture with AJ, then he gets sort of booked into oblivion. Then he, he got, you know, the title match against Brock Lesnar was barely two months ago. I yeah. know that came about of the, of the, in a weird roundabout way, but then to go to this, it just it makes Ricochet look terrible and it makes the Universal Championship look a bit lame as well. Why the Universal Championship? Oh, sorry, the, the WWE Championship. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think of Brock and I think of the red belt. Yeah, that, they got it over, man. They got it over. Um, so after that, though, we had a terrific tag match uh, crowd or not street profits versus viking raiders i thought this was very very enjoyable yeah i even loved i, I love street profits promo beforehand talking about how like you know this is the building where it all began it's the building where they met it felt like they were, they were trying to be a bit more serious viking rate uh, a bit more serious street profits which is what bianca belair has been saying to them like you need to drop the comedy stuff you need to be more serious because if you're not then you can't beat this team they do keep beating you and so they're out there being like, no, it's like, we are going to beat you. We can beat you. We want that smoke. And what I loved about this is that this was not a typical WWE tag match. This wasn't one of the teams was just beating up the other. This wasn't the big guys were just beating up the little lad for ages. And then the little lad gets a hot tag. The big guy runs in and he does some big guy stuff. This was like both teams got t- hot tags. 
like you know they they worked over uh ford for a bit he tagged in dawkins and then dawkins and ford started working over one of the viking raiders to build to the other viking raider get in the hot sack it was a competitive back and forth match and it made both teams look wicked coming out of it and the viking raiders pinning them like you know it establishes them as they should be the, the top team going against the street profits and makes me excited to see another match between them yeah I d- usually i hate it when the the challengers beat the champions in a non-title match to set up a title match but you know there are exceptions to that rule and at the end when the commentary team did a re- like did a, an actually pretty good job of putting over man the raiders have got to go over the after the titles now they've got to get a championship match after this i was like yeah they should I want to see this again. So, yep, great stuff by all four guys. The only thing I'd say is, you know, I just wish the Viking Raiders did a bit of singing in (laughs) that promo if they had one. There was no legs of meat. It's a shame. Um, Then we had Drew McIntyre in a Caruso interview backstage. He is. So Charlie Caruso kind of catches him unaware. He's got his back to her. And he just goes, oh, sorry, didn't see you there, Charlie. Comes across as like the nicest, politest, affable guy. And none of that takes away from the fact that he is simultaneously badass and a fighting champion. I love him. Yeah, it, I, it, may, it might look like I'm, I'm sort of slightly ignoring you somewhat here, but I had a tweet that I got today that I wanted to read out. Oh, let me try and find it. You carry on because it was something that I wanted to bring up to you. Uh, oh, I've got it here. Okay, so um, this is. I mean, do you want to talk about this at the Drew match? Because it's a question about Drew. Or do you want to address it now? Let's ask it. Ask it now. So uh, this came in from uh, to me on Twitter. It just said, "I'm really begging for someone to explain how Drew's gimmick slash booking is good. He's burying everyone and making everyone else look terrible. And in my opinion, is now just a modern Brock Lesnar. I'm rooting for Rollins." Wow. Well, you know, you're never going to please everybody. Uh, That said, go back and look at pretty much any any hot babyface champion, and this is how you book them. The difference is, sometimes they don't connect as a babyface with the audience, like how we had with Roman Reigns, how we had with John Cena. But if you go back and you look at Rock, Austin, uh, Hulk Hogan, back in the territory days the the champion would be but the strongest and beat people who were beneath him quite easily and people would just pay goldberg another example you 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 just want to see them win and i i personally and i think i I speak for a lot of people love drew like i think he's got cody level he's reaching cody levels of bromance and of course i'm unreciprocated bromance with with, with me <laughs> as, a, as an on-screen character and I, I i i just want to see him win because he is booked very smartly he's a smart baby face he doesn't get like oh no i'm gonna look up the ramp because i the the, the heel is there you know he, he he's always at the end of this show seth rollins blindsides him but he chases him off he stands yeah. tall i i I think they are doing an excellent job with Drew, and I think Drew is doing an excellent job with what they're giving him. 
I agreed. I, I mean, I really like what they're doing with Drew at the moment, and I really like Drew as champion. I'd like to see him in longer matches, but, you know, you can't have everything, and that's that's fine. And, you know, he doesn't need to be having a longer match with Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy isn't challenging for the WWE Championship this Sunday. Seth Rollins is. So, yeah, Drew should be beating him and looking awesome doing it. You want to save your champion's long matches for pay-per-view or the rare TV long one. Exactly. Uh, because then you you know you build you build up this enigma presence of man, he's a money guy. Like he really puts on the big pay per view matches. That's what champions are for. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, we got a Raiders promo, and then we got an Alistair Black promo and a Rey Mysterio promo separately backstage, talking about wrestling diehard and <laughs> AJ's threat of throwing them off the top of the building. I. I love this because yeah. Mysterio looks at the camera and talks earnestly about the dangers of competing in this Money in the Bank match, like the same way as if it's a normal ladder match or a Hell in a Cell match or an Elimination Chamber match. Like, oh, it's going to take years off my career. But no, they're not talking about a ladder match or some chains or the chamber. They're talking about being thrown off a building. Yeah, which is significantly more serious. Yeah. It really is bringing a gun to a wrestling angle or a knife. It doesn't usually work, but I don't know how they're doing it. I am a hundred percent into this. I cannot wait for this match on Sunday. I want to see someone get thrown off the roof. It was really highlighted for me, the point you're making there in Alistair Black's promo, where he said, if you throw me off the roof, you better pray I don't get back up. And I was like, yeah, you're not going to, mate. You could have been thrown off a bloody roof of a building. You're going to be dead. We, in in the predictions video that goes up later, Adam talked about how, I think Laurie said Otis is getting thrown off. I won't say how, like the angle that goes towards that. But if he does, he'll just go through the centre of the earth (laughs) and end up in Australia. Very good. Um, but yeah, I think I I thought this was enormously fun. Uh Charlotte Flair versus Liv Morgan was fun. I, I liked it. I liked Liv Morgan. You know, she's doing her whole I don't know what my character is. I'm I'm searching for my identity. And it seems like she's just going back to Harley Quinn, Liv Morgan, which there was no problem with in the first place. I thought that was a really fun wrestling gimmick to have. Uh, but she had a good showing against Charlotte here. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's I mean, it's not rare to see WWE fumble a ball quite like this. But I think this is quite this might be one of the biggest fumbles that WWE have done in recent memory in terms of bringing a character back. Like, you know, she was taken off TV because of Charlotte. Charlotte beat her on SmackDown and Liv Mm. was like, no, I need to I need to find who I am. And she goes off missing TV for months. She then has this series of promos where she is sexy girl in bath and then at one point you thought there was some mysterious angle to it there was a bit of magic within the promos then she comes back and she is just like she is lesbian lover to lana never brought up again her and rusev's storyline with lana and lashley just dies of death and just gets no payback no payoff whatsoever she has a feud with ruby riot that gets dropped for two months then they had to match then had another match to make sure that that feud really was done and now she's out here going like, I don't know what my character is. And I'm like, what has all of this been about then? What have we spent the last nine months doing? Because apparently nothing. And 
I don't blame Liv in all of this. I just think WWE have fumbled this quite spectacularly. But, you know, it's one of those weeks where I get to write in my notes, person comes out for a promo, someone interrupts them and challenges them to a match. Good job they were in their gear. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, Charlotte made uh, Liv tap in the figure eight. Yeah, I, it's a shame because Liv Morgan is, I think there really is something, she, she's remarkably good in the ring. I, You know, considering she's the least best member of the Riot Squad in, in terms of in-ring action. Uh, I, but losing to Charlotte does nothing for it. You know, you can get all the near falls you want, but ultimately, after racking up quite a few losses since WrestleMania, who cares? Yeah. You know, like, like so Liv beat, like she beat Natty at Mania in a nothing match and she beat Ruby twice and then she loses to Charlotte. So you're like, well, what, what did we gain from those wins? Gain nothing mm. really. Then she loses to Asuka as well somewhere in there. Oh yeah. I think she might have done. Yeah. Like that was the night after Mania, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, but all good matches, all like pretty long, decent time matches, but yeah, you, you need to win more really. There needs to be substance to these threats. Drew McIntyre versus Murphy was the main event. Went very quickly, you know, about five, six, seven minutes in all. Uh, but I I really enjoyed it. I, I get I I can I don't want I it, it's a shame that people are looking at Drew and thinking, huh, this babyface champion is being booked really strongly and is beating everyone. Thinking that, you know, with their like maybe limited 10, 15 years of experience of WWE, that that's a bad thing because they've experienced this before. And it is a, you know, that that was very badly done and didn't connect with the audience. But really, that's like, that's how they should be booked. And I thought Drew actually made Murphy look great in this. Yeah. I mean, what's the alternative that you just beat Drew every week because that's not going to help him? He only just won the belt. Yeah, three four weeks ago. Yeah, it's it, yeah. So um, yeah, it, it's a I very did. old school mentality way of booking a babyface champion, and maybe that's why it hasn't worked with a, a potentially new audience. But I I really like it, and I think they're doing a great great job with him. And I think that yeah, like he should be beating Murphy quickly because Murphy's not the challenger. Seth is, and you're beating Murphy in order to get to Seth, and you put over Drew Strong. And then you go be like, I wonder if Seth can be the one stopping him. What dastardly deeds can Seth pull out in order to beat this champion? Mm. Uh, but here, lots of kickouts at one from Drew, but still made Murphy look good. It wasn't like he was undermining him. Uh, and then Seth slowly walked onto the ramp to watch on. Murphy kind of beat himself. He got cocky. He went to give a claymore to Drew, kind of as a receipt for the previous week. But Drew awesomely reversed it into a claymore of his own just had to lean back because he's so tall <laughs> his legs pretty much reach over to the corner where murphy was and uh, then seth walked off after the match was over and i thought okay so it's going to go off air with drew celebrating drew does the music thing the lights go down a bit and then seth kicks him i was totally worked this is a very yeah. minor thing but the, i don't know what it was whether it was a timing or the sequence of events totally caught me off guard yeah I thought it was great. I thought it was a really good closing angle. I'm really looking forward to their match this Sunday. Yeah, same. Really, I really, really am, actually. Such a shame that it can't be on a bigger stage. Uh, 
Uh, Jonathan Hedman, your thoughts on the AJ Dairy Queen spot and them being a heel is a lot like Jim Cornette's frustration with how wrestling is today. Uh, yeah, I could see the parallels there. I think we're more accepting of different styles of wrestling, um, whereas Cornette has how his vision of wrestling is. Um, this is more just a consistency within the style of wrestling that is 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 the frustration. Nikolai Azupardi, I have no idea what Rey Mysterio said because his mask was slightly to the left. Oh, wow. Slightly covering the mouth there. Canal El Improbabile. Losing to Charlotte does nothing for Liv, just like it won't do S-word for the whole NXT women's division. Would you agree or not? Why? Much love. Please retweet. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, but someone will eventually beat her. So you make her look like a dominating champion and then, you know, someone gets that big win and that really puts over that person, which I likely think will be Rhea Ripley. Apparently, her NXT match last Wednesday was the lowest rated thing on the show. Wow, was it really? Whole reason of putting her down there. Yeah, that's quite surprising. Uh, Jesse Moctezuma, what are the odds of Cedric Alexander and Ricochet winning the tag titles? You know, someone will be thrown out of a window or off the roof. Um, I mean, if you are going to have Cedric and Rick win the tag titles, you need to build them first, but there's certainly now the realms of possibility in them winning at some point. Uh, Jesse Moctezuma again. I had such high hopes for Liv Morgan. She's now becoming the ricochet of the, ricochet of the women's division. Possibly, yeah. It's a way to look at it. Um, uh, did you I manage to find the... I did. We'll do them after we've done the super chats so we cool. can keep this a bit consistent. But yeah, it's in the podcast section or the Patreon section. Nice. So Timothy Beattie says, should WWE go back to two out of three falls during these shows? Uh, oh my God. No. I forgot <laughs> that was a rule. Yeah. Do you remember that period of time where every match was two out of three falls for the ad breaks? Yeah. That's, that's bonkers. Yeah, It was bonkers when we were living through it, but now we're further away from it. Oh, my God. That's how Kofi got his first pinfall loss as WWE uh. champion, was because of the two out of three falls nonsense. Uh, Nathan Fultz says, uh, incoming from Kane's favorite minion, I know you're not, but I'm looking forward to the predicted Jeff Hardy push, my all-time favorite wrestler. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am I like him, sure. But, yeah, he's, he's, he's not my bag. Um, I, uh, funnily enough, when Titus came out for his match, my note was, oh no, the super chats. Uh, and Gordon Maston has said, you wanted Titus jokes to stop. Okay. Kurt Angle grabs the big show shaft and then screams. That's one. That's one, one to, uh, to go in there. Uh, Olivia says, did you see Naya's tweet about injuring the red ropes? No, no, that she, that I, I'm, I don't really like how she's making a thing of her unsafe working into a gimmick. It just, it just feels a bit. Yeah. It's the, it's the wrong tone, I think. Yeah. So she posted up a GIF of her pushing over the VIP lounge setup thing, you know, like the, the red sort of tarp, not tarpaulin ropes, but the, mm. the red velvet ropes. And she wrote confirmed ropes injured tonight on raw will be out four to six weeks. Yeah. I, I think it's misjudged. 
E Ace says, uh, "Build someone up for uh, build someone up for five years, then pretend they don't exist when worry about their own health." Ha ha! Classic WWE. Yeah, well, we spoke about this earlier. Neither of us think that it's a backstage heat thing. We just think WWE don't want to acknowledge the larger situation because it kind of exposes them and puts the spotlight on their very dangerous practices. One of my favorite things in the world, expected toast. Not saying this person <laughs> is my favorite in the world, but just the idea of expected toast sounds great. Uh, hi, dudes. Who do you think will go off the roof? I hope it's Baron Corbin. Plus, um, who do you hope will win money in the bank? I hope it's going to be Alistair Black. So I didn't do the prediction, so I will give you on this. I think it's going to be uh, Baron Corbin, and I think it's going to be Elias that does it. Ooh paying off on the build to wrestlemania because apparently they're still feuding for whatever reason elias beat him so you just you artificially extend this feud and that's how, that's how you pay it off is with uh elias getting his own long live the king and shoving him off you better what say that winner as well. um i think aj's winning cool he's uh, winning george maston said gone i was gonna say watch the money bank predictions later today are my thoughts good plug mate uh george maston i really feel for rick gordon what i say good you said george georgie george yeah it sucks for ricochet yeah uh the shower lurker do you think they ruin the women's money in the bank by promoting becky confronting the winner next week i don't think they necessarily ruin it but i don't think it was the best idea to say it I mean, you know, a SmackDown winner can appear on Raw. Uh, yeah. yeah. What do you and think? They showed, and they showed all of the SmackDown like women in the video package. So yeah, she did said she wasn't promote like she wasn't going to confront a Raw winner. She was going to confront the Money in the Bank winner, which could mm. be Carmella for all we know. I don't because think SmackDown, because gonna... SmackDown wrestlers can cash in on Raw stars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Of course mm. they can. Uh, e Ace said Jeff Hardy must be sad. He's not in a ladder match. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want him on top of a building. Uh, John Ladshaw Brayfield says, I miss Rowan. I know, I do too. Uh, you missed. You missed uh, sorry, Mr. Guti25. I'm calling it now the person who gets. Did you say that? No, I don't think I did. No. I I'm calling it now the person who gets thrown off the roof wins money in the bank. Um, That'll yeah, be a I mean, swerve. Wouldn't it just. The person who gets killed will then win. Uh, Danny Milhouse, after re-watching Monday Night Wars, I'm 100% sure there will be a documentary in 10 years about how WWE screwed up NXT call-ups. Probably not on the network, but um, there, there will be at some point. Someone will have made it. Uh, Jesse Moctezuma said, Brock arrives in a helicopter to win money in the bank. Yep, that's what uh, I, I said when this was first announced. Uh, I get, They can't do it two years in a row. Uh, Lincoln says, this is bigger than you. This is bigger than me. That's not what the we- uh, leaked pick said, Seth. Low, low, low. Uh, but a very good promo. Justin Edelheit said, Shayna Baszler wins money in the bank, swerves everyone and cashes in on Charlotte. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think yeah. that's a really smart bit of misdirection. Yeah. Do you want to take over for the general wrestling related? Davan Rajan says, just wanted to ask if you could have any dream match happen, what would it be? Personally, I'd choose Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega. It's already happened in BWG, I think. Or Okada versus Bala. Oh, yeah. Thank you for making lockdown slightly more bearable. 
uh, you're welcome. And I, Daniel Bryan, Kurt Angle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of mine is a match that I've wanted for the last sort of four or five years. And I'm now tantalizingly close to getting it, which was the Young Bucks versus the Revival. Like, you know, that was the Revival were my guys in NXT that I mm. just thought they were the greatest tag team on the planet. And then you see some Young Bucks match, you're like, oh, no, they're the best tag team on the planet. <gasps> what if they had a match? So, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Nathan Fultz. On a serious note, I decided I will be attending Kane and Tom Pritchard's Knox County Wrestling School next year. Pretty excited because they produce many current WWE talent. Any advice? Uh, Get in very, very good shape if you're not already. Dear God. Because not only do you have to be strong, but the cardio conditioning routines that I had to do in the beginner's class damn near killed me. And I was pretty good Nick. My mate who's, who just occasionally smokes, he, you know, I've never seen him look so close to passing out. Uh, I'd also say don't go in with the idea that you're going to get signed by WWE. Just go in there and enjoy yourself. Mm. Nathan Foltz again. We are essentially going to have a wrestling free agency. With AEW putting out a consistent product with excellent matches, promos, and an influx of known talent after Rona could potentially turn the tide. Thoughts? I think that AEW appeal to a very specific kind of wrestling audience. And I don't think there are 2 million people in that wrestling audience. I think mm. there are 2 million people in the casual audience that what the like Raw and SmackDown. Um, I'll carry on. Small Afro Games, Jaron Walker. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you yeah. too, Jaron Walker. Absolutely. He, he sent us a lovely little email as well that we're going to be reading out on the AEW review. I actually purposely oh. lessed it because he's an NXT mark. Um, uh-huh. that show. Um, uh, some congratulations to him because his channel's just passed 10,000 subscribers. Oh, brilliant stuff. Alex uh, Shula finally got my support wrestling screw coronavirus t shirt yesterday. Just wanted to say thank you and good work putting Piston in his place, Alexi Tetris. Yeah, I mean, it, ha- it had to be done. Uh, Gazatola of Rock and Roller can't stay. Just wanted the super chat in to say thanks to Ollie for getting back to my emails. No worry, man. <laughs> no worries. Uh, Arvind Shastri. I hope my boy Luke wins this week's Quizzlemania. We're rooting for you, Luke. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm, re- I'm resigned to the fact that I'm, I'm not winning Quizzlemania. I just like doing it. Shall I come into the call and I'll, just be, <laughs> I'll, I'll be a passive observer? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. you know yeah yeah just just read out the multiple choice answer <clears throat> could do we don't mm. tend to get a lot of multiple choice options though mm. so like you could try and like cough and be like wrestlemania well, we, well you'll just think aloud go oh i think it was undertaker versus Shawn michaels but it might have been undertaker <laughs> versus triple h <sighs> yeah just Very do that good. for you uh, Daryl Spikerman, it's the original duo, Ollie and Luke, bro. Hashtag coys. I think that might be come on you Spurs. I'm going to hazard a guess. Way there, I can see their stadium from down my road. Uh, Maloon Lee, forty-two. Love wrestle talk. Roman's or, babies uh, were born in March. Or is it Moon Lily? Whatever. What did I say? <laughs> Moon Lily. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, uh, Roman's babies were born in March, were they? Just I thought 20. he announced their pregnancy. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's true. Uh, Mark Farley. No Alex on Quizzlemania. Tragedy in itself. 
Yeah, she lost her, you know, she lost her queendom. She had to rescind the championship because Sean Rossap won it last week. So she's not going to be on this week, which is a shame because I think she's been tremendous on the show thus far. You can take over. We'll do uh, Small Afro Games. Jaron Walker's back again said, Killing Eve is a good show. I binge watched it on Hulu. I feel like they drag stuff out uh, so much, uh, so much that watching it week to week would infuriate me. Yeah, I watched the first two series like that, uh, binge watched them, but I- I'm quite enjoying having a weekly TV show that I can look forward to, especially in these times. Yeah, I think I feel like binge watching has almost killed the the week to week model of because that's how I always used to enjoy my content was like you end of an episode and it's like, oh, my God, what a cliffhanger. I can't wait till next week to see what that episode is. The binge watching era like it's like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the five seconds it takes for Netflix to automatically load the next episode mm-hmm. for me. Uh, and Fergal says, can you say hi to Sarah Lyons, or Ian's maybe, who doesn't like wrestling, but is listening anyway? Oh, hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Sorry, I got your name wrong. And a couple of last minute super chats from Gaston, uh, or Gaston maybe, who said, what should Edge's feud be next? Yeah, we didn't talk about that. We're getting the returns next week of Edge, Randy Orton, and Becky Lynch. So looking to get a, a big number next week, I'd imagine, for, for the Raw Racings. I think Edge and Randy Orton are going to come through the Titantron entrance still brawling and their <laughs> next feud is still the match they're having from WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, and Darren says, WWE tweeted, put your hands on official, you get disqualified, referring to Bobby Lashley. So that's why he got disqualified. It wasn't for kicking too much ass. Well, they, you know, they, they change the rules so often. I, I, it doesn't hold any water, unfortunately. Uh, New Punk Rant says, since 2020, WWE is 2000 WCW. Bring in Hoobertude Guerrero and make him champ. Um, bro, thank Khan for AEW. I feel bad for WWE stars. Russo is greater than McMahon. Oh, that's some inflammatory stuff there. You can't yeah. really think all of those things. <laughs> yeah. The shower lurker said, winner can only challenge their brand champion. That's never always been the case. No. Pretty really? sure that's not the case. Um, Peter Mullins, prediction. The mid-card vortex attacks Ray Ard, uh, Ray, and Jeff Hardy gets his spot. Swanton off the building with the briefcase. That or the Heliobrocter takes the win. I don't think any of the stuff's going to happen that you said, but oh my God, I love the name Heliobrocter. That's so good. Uh, and Lincoln says, I got horrible histories vibes from that Seth line. Mm. I want you to go out there and give it CX percent. Still one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. It's very good. Uh, Gabriel Reyes, when Ollie said he might tune into the call, I thought you were about to pull a Quizzlemania cash in where you only get the last question to win. Can you imagine if that was... That's so infuriating. That's the Mario Party way (laughs) of uh, running Quizzlemania. Should we do the... Unless there's any uh, Super Chats on uh, Streamlabs. Oh, oh, there is. Oh, over on Streamlabs, yes, you can go to uh, is it resttalk.com forward slash support? That's the one. It's on the screen. But I haven't got that screen up currently, but Ben Mack has done that to say after AJ returned and got on the mic, he should have just said, back from the dead, assholes. That's a good line. And Dr. Doom said, can someone please explain to me why WWE seems to hate Ricochet and Cedric Alexander? Who did they both piss off backstage? I don't know. Like, you go back when Ricochet first joined NXT and so many reports were coming out about how everyone loved him because he just listened. He listened to all the old guys' advice and he changed for them. And I think Ricochet genuinely wanting it so much has diluted 
all the awesome stuff he can bring. I think he said yes too much. And if you say, if you're not a dick in WWE backstage and take things into your own hands a little bit, you're just going to sink to the bottom of the undercard, unfortunately. I'm afraid so. So, um, I don't know if I have told you about this yet because I've, I've, although we've spoken a bit today, we've been very business. Like I was late for our morning call uh, this morning, which means I literally came on to say hello and then we all had to go. Like Lionel um, Richie. Because <laughs> you uh, had to go off and do your Money in the Bank predictions, which I didn't get to be a part of for various reasons. It was all the better and then for we... it. Oh, thanks, mate. Uh, and, you know, we just had a quick sort of chat before this for business stuff. But I haven't told you. I was really unwell this morning. What? Yeah, I didn't sleep last night. Mate, you've... That's, so Luca's just kept on messaging us, uh, you know, the whole work from home communication way, being like, oh yeah, I'll get to this, I'll get to this. I'm thinking, man, Luke's, Luke's taken a lot on this morning. I didn't know you were <laughs> ill as well. Yeah, I mean, both me and my wife have been up all night, being very unwell. She's actually still bedridden at the moment um so yeah clearly it was something that we ate i'm all the better for it now i think i got i managed to get it all out of my system but uh i don't think she's quite reached that point yet just gonna flush it out of you wow exactly you, so it, it's a food poisoning thing not you know he who shall not be named i don't think so I, I don't think so. My my, I mean, I haven't spoken to my mother about this, but when I spoke to my mother, sort of back when this whole thing was kicking off, she did say there are certain signs that you that will point to the fact that it's not that. And all the signs that I had were very much the the things that were happening to me last night. So I'm not worried. Absolutely not worried about it whatsoever. And as I said, I don't feel that bad now. I feel actually pretty good. I've eaten, so that's good. Um, my wife's starting to eat some food and hasn't thrown it back up. So we think jobs are good and. Nice work. Thanks, mate. Yeah, please don't uh, get ill. <laughs> I was going to say, now is not the time to be getting ill. Um, and can I also tell you about a film I watched over the weekend? Yes, and I also want to tell you about a film I watched over the weekend. Okay, well, tell me about your one first. Fighting with my family. Oh, you finally watched it. It's wank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, you weren't a fan, then? I just... You know what? It is... Subpar schmaltz, right? Yeah. It's that sort mm -hmm. of film that you put on and it's very inoffensive and easy to a normal viewer. But to someone steeped in the backstage happenings of WWE and how vile that company can sometimes be, I found it grossly unsettling. <laughs> and unsettling. very inaccurate. Yeah, the inaccurate... Funnily enough, actually, I got a message from someone who I did a podcast with a couple of years ago who messaged me to be like, oh, I watched uh, that Page movie. I thought it was really, really good. And I messaged back being like, yeah, you know, it, it's it's okay in, in certain places, but like, it's, the inaccuracies of it are quite staggering. And he messaged me back going like, oh, I was not expecting your biopic to be 100% accurate. <laughs> and I didn't really have the heart to be like, oh, yeah, but it's so inaccurate that it's um, it, it tells this wonderful fa fairy tale of what... Uh, of their version of what happens. Yeah, I, I, so uh, of course, yeah, the, the, the historical inaccuracies are just little nitpicks from me. That doesn't really affect the film. What I do think, what I really, really didn't like was the just wow, WWE's so good and 
NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, they just like behaved like divas was a normal thing that the whole world was doing at the time that that butterfly belt was something to fawn over and in the you know in the little text at the end spoilers at the text at the end where it goes on to what people have done in their career later on and it says Paige was one of the first people who changed the perception of women. I was like it's PR bollocks yeah. this was a problem of WWE's own making and they never fixed it really <laughs> they just did a bit of fancy branding and changed the time sheets to give the women about five minutes more they've rebadged it you fool yeah so um besides Zelina Vega's very enjoyable AJ Lee I uh oh and the brother actually I thought was very good and Nick Frost and uh Lena Headey yeah. as the mum. They were all really, really good. And I think Florence Pugh's Norwich accent was spot on, but it was so good, it got in the way of her doing the acting. I Yeah, I think, as a film, it is indicative of the scene that they released at WrestleMania. When they showed off that scene with her and her brother meeting The Rock, and you're like, wow, that looks like it was a backstage WWE skit that would have appeared at, like, WrestleMania 2009. Um, yeah, that's what the film feels like. And, uh, you know, I think that that scene that they showed was actually very indicative of the final product. The Rock steals the show, though. That that particular bit when he cuts the full promo, oh, I got chills, honestly. I was, I was transported back to the Attitude Era momentarily. What was the film well, you watched? Oh, I watched a Netflix movie called Dangerous Lies. Uh, because it had come up, it was like the most, it was trending number two on Netflix in the UK. We thought, you know what? We've watched the, part, the first part of the trailer. Uh, let's give this a go. Oh, it's bad. Like it's, uh, it's actually incomprehensibly dumb. And there are a myriad of plot holes and just issues with the film. You're like, I don't know how people just did not see this one on the written page, how a lot of these things were not addressed. My wife and I then spoke for a good hour just just dissecting the film, almost scene by scene. It was a really, really fun time. But I then dived, <laughs> I then dived into the guy who wrote it. Because I was like, who wrote this thing? David Golden. <laughs> what else did he write? Check this out as a resume. All right, this is just from 2015 onwards. Once Upon a Holiday. Every Christmas Has a Story. Finding Father Christmas. Home for Christmas. Christmas Festival of Ice. Engaging Father Christmas. Christmas in Angel Falls. Wedding March 4. Marrying Father Christmas. A Goodwink Christmas. Reunited at Christmas. Angel Falls. A Novel Holiday. And then Dangerous Lies. He's like the R.L. Stein of <laughs> TV movie dramas. And then I was like, what did the director do before that? Well, wouldn't you Adam and Eve it? Hitched for the holidays. It's a Christmas, Carol. Uh, it's about a woman called Carol. Mm. Um, wind, window Wonderland. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Love Again. And A Christmas on Holly Lane. Christmas Lost and Found. My Mum's Letter from Heaven. And Dangerous Lies. Wow. Well, all of that's in the last five years. Yeah, that and I want to watch. I want to watch all of them. I want to watch all of them. Everything, particularly, it's Christmas Carol because it turns out when I was reading the synopsis of it, it's uh, a Christmas Carol, obviously, with a woman named Carol, and the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future is only played by one actor because apparently they didn't have the budget to do any more, and that one actor is Carrie Fisher. 
Whoa. Right? <laughs> okay. Well, that's, uh, that's piqued my interest. <laughs> But anyway, that is all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. We'll be back on Thursday with the AEW review. We'll have the magazine show on the Friday. And yes, Adam, yes, people, it is Money in the Bank this weekend, which means there'll be bonus episodes out the wazoo for the Money in the Bank show, where it's the most unique Money in the Bank ladder match in history. It's Climb the Corporate Ladder. It'll be me and Adam, I think, probably doing that bonus review podcast. So check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.